In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. And outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot Happy Mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot Happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> hello, hello. What is up? I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot Happy Mess, where we find and celebrate our magic in the middle of life's messes, okay? And there are a lot of messes. I am coming to you live in living color from Washington. If you listened to last week's episode, you know I'm down here in Tacoma, out here in Tacoma, up here in Tacoma. I'm geographically challenged, so I can't really confirm or deny if I'm up, down, or around. But I'm in Tacoma. We're shooting American Ninja Warrior, and it's going to be awesome. Season 13 kicking off on NBC soon. Shameless plug. But you know I'm still bringing the hot, happy mess energy all day, every day, specifically every Monday, but also all the other days. And we are continuing our love and relationship series. Last week, we were talking about breakups, right? The Girlfriend's Guide to a breakup. This week, we're talking about the exact opposite. Feel like getting married? Awesome. Let's talk about it. We are talking about engagement. Why should I get married? If you are thinking about proposing, if you are thinking about getting proposed to, if you are trying to figure out, do I want to spend the rest of my life with this person? Or should I chalk it up, cut my losses and move on to the next person to figure out who I should spend my life with? Fear not. You're in good hands, all right? I have a really great show in store for you. First up, we are kicking it off with the group chat. I love all of our group chat conversations because they're so varied and, you know, none of my best friends have the same opinion. That's what I love and respect about them. And and I love to learn from them and be challenged by them. And I love to um, challenge also. And today we have my girl Leah and my girl Travasha, and they are breaking down their opinions, their perspectives, their POVs on engagement, on marriage. And let me tell you, they are on opposite ends of the spectrum. And I loved this conversation. I think I fall somewhere in the middle, but Travasha is very much 
you know, pro-marriage and she'll dive into the reasons why that are really beautiful. And then Leah is very, yeah, I could take it or leave it. And I think she would prefer to leave it, but I'll let her explain it. And then you have me somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. So we are kicking things off with our group chat, talking about how our upbringings and our parents' dynamics uh, sort of crafted our ideas about marriage. Travasha is sharing her amazing and super adorable and romantic proposal story. And then we are handing it over to Beverly Andre. She is an amazing marriage and family therapist who is just going to break down some that you know this could be the one. This is the person that you could build a life with. Giving us tips on how to build a life with that person. If you want to get engaged, if you want to be proposed to, and you're not sure how to navigate that conversation, Beverly's got the tips for you. She's got, you know, a little something, something, so you can kind of like slide the hint over very casually in a way that does not make your partner run in the opposite direction. Um, We are also talking about when it's time to walk away. Uh, A lot, a lot, a lot. You're going to love these conversations, I promise. So first up, Without further ado, here is the group chat. Travasha, you are married. Leah, you are single. Um, let's go ahead and kick things off with Travasha breaking down first. What was your kind of um, perspective when it came to engagement and marriage? Like, I know obviously, like your Christian upbringing and faith played a lot into how you decided to approach marriage. Correct me if I'm wrong, but just kind of break it down for us. Um, what were your thoughts on engagement? And then also we want to hear the proposal story with Tyler. Okay. So, okay. So my thoughts on marriage, well, let's just start out by saying I have like six parents. (laughs) I've got current you know, like a biological mom and a dad. I've got an ex-stepmom, an ex-stepdad. I've got a current stepdad and a current stepmom. And I have oh. relationships with all of them. And a lot of them, uh, five out of the six have been like in my life, you know, since I was a kid. So um, I will just start by saying I didn't, I didn't never really had like that set American dream relationship to like look up to. So marriage is scary for me. (laughs) I mean, just, I know my, like you said, my Christian upbringing, I know that like once you're in it, you know, you're in it. And that was scary to me because like I wanted to be that, but I didn't see that anywhere in my life. So how really obtainable was it or is it even? Yeah. It didn't feel like realistic. Yeah. It's like, Oh, This is just like what they put in movies. (laughs) Um, Happily ever after. Anyway, but um, although I'm only, you know, 10 years into our relationship, we just celebrated or no, we're about to celebrate our seventh year of marriage. I can't even believe. Don't sell yourself short. Only 10 years. Like that's. I wasn't going to be like only 10 years. That's like nine (laughs) years longer than most LA years. Yeah. (laughs) well because to me i'm looking at like the old like mom pops and they're like we've been together for 65 years and i'm like oh yes i do want that i want to want to be with tyler for 65 years you know um how are you doing should we do a check-in right now do we currently still on the road (laughs) you know we're we're doing great we're good we keep getting stronger i will say Um, but that, um, I, that's the relationship. Like I want 
to to be in. And um, I do feel like I'm in. And so I um, I do feel like I found that person who I'm able to uh, obtain those goals that I, you know, see in other long term marriages. Um, and so let's see my engagement story or the proposal story. Um, well, Tyler told me later on that he wanted to like rent some kind of like, what was it? Like a hot air balloon. (laughs) He wanted to like rent a hot air balloon and he wanted to have like this like big production. And while that is for some people, Zuri, um, (laughs) that kind of production (laughs) is like not big on me. Um, so at least you changed his mind. Um, what he did was he ended up just having like a whole day planned and the day started with us, uh, just going to church. His family was like in town. My family was in town. Um, and he, you know, just, we would just went to church. It was normal. Every day, everything was normal. And, um, my church is like really, really small. So it's like, and they've all watched me grow up, grow up. So it's like a family. And at the end, like Tyler went up for like prayer or like to say a testimony or something or to like pray over something. And it ended up turning in, into him, like talking about me and our life together and what he wanted for our future and like how I've made him a better person. And then he ended up proposing there in front of like my family and my extended family. And I couldn't have asked for a better um, engagement. And then after that, it was like a whole day of just like stuff. So we went out with my family and the money that he was going to spend on this random hot air balloon um, he used to um, just like buy all of our meals at this like really nice restaurant in Indiana. And then after the family left, he took me on a recreation of the first night that we went on a date. Um, so we went to all these like different places um, and we got a massage and like, we didn't do that on, on our first date, but <laughs> he just took me over um, across all the different places that we first went when we first started dating, especially that first night. Mm. Cause I remember like we went to Claudia's um, Irish pub cause we weren't actually supposed to be on a date. It just kind of happened <laughs> that way cause everyone else bailed on us. So um, <laughs> it was pretty cool to like go back and be like, yeah, this is awesome. So this has gone from proposal story to the week that I got proposed and everything that happened in it. <laughs> that was one day. Right. Yeah, that was all in one day. Well, that is a beautiful, beautiful proposal story and a beautiful rate. So Leah, um, you know, Travasha just talked about the fact that growing up, she didn't have her ideal example in her everyday life, even though she wanted that for herself. What was it like for you growing up? Like, what was your example of what engagement and marriage looked like? Did it make you want it or did it make you want to run for the hills? Yeah. So, um, I mean, growing up, my parents were actually married for 35 years. Uh, they only got divorced when I was in my twenties. So growing up my whole childhood, uh, they were married. My father came from a very religious Roman Catholic upbringing in, in Wilmington, Delaware, and, and my mother from a very Jewish family in Queens. And a lot of people didn't show up to the wedding from either sides. Um, 
they also kind of had a non-traditional engagement. They had they moved in together after a few months in grad school and were just kind of on the couch. And my dad was like, our families hate that we live together. Or actually, they weren't even telling some of their, like, one set of parents that they were living together because of the whole religious aspect and just kind of decided that they were going to get married. There was no formal engagement, nothing like that. And then I think within a, I think they were engaged within six months and married within a year. And that lasted a long time. Um, and growing up, you know, we were really encouraged and I've very, you know, this is very blessed and fortunate that I had this upbringing. We were encouraged to think and be whoever we wanted, whether it was religion or relationships or whatever it was. Um, I'm sure I think growing up, I always kind of thought I would get married one day. That's just kind of part of societal norms. You know, we're, we're taught that we're supposed to do that. And then as only as I've gotten older, have I started, uh, or in my twenties, have I started rethinking that. So Leah, you, you were just talking about, you know, your upbringing and how that kind of shaped your, your POV when it comes to this world and to, to engagement and to marriage. Um, where do you currently stand when it comes to what you want for yourself, for your future? Yeah. So I really should preface this, but this is my own personal beliefs for myself, not necessarily for anybody else, but, um, I don't believe in marriage. Uh, it's really the paperwork portion that, uh, freaks me out for lack of a better term. Um, as I was saying a second ago, you know, I, I always thought that I was going to get married as growing up just cause that's, you know, what we're supposed to do. Right. And I remember in my early twenties, I was in a conversation with two women and we were talking about marriage and one of them asked me, why do you want to get married? And I realized in that moment that I just wanted a wedding and that is, yeah, not a good enough reason to get married. Not a good reason. Anyone was wondering. Mm -mm. Um, and from that conversation, I really just started to evaluate you know, what's important to me, um, what is not for me, uh, and, and actually really dig into the history around marriage and how that was created. Um, and the more and more I looked into it and the more and more I thought about it and the more and more I broke up with men over and over again, was I like, you know what I, you know, love and partnership and collaboration and all of those things are definitely something that I want. It's really just the legally binding paperwork portion that is not for me. Mm. Mm. And what is it about it being legally binding that is not for you or that maybe do you just feel like, what's the point? I don't need it to be legally binding to choose someone every day. Like what, what is your perspective on that? Yeah. I mean, I exactly. What's the point? Why are you legally binding yourself to another person um, in that way? So I don't know if you know this, but Marriage was created as an exchange of property, daughters being that property in exchange for cows. That's how, like, that's what the original dowry was. Yeah. So the original. What are concept, we talking? When you say originally, like, do we know, like, what century are we talking? What country BC. are we talking? Who's, who was doing this? Who was switching out <laughs> chicks for cows? Um, yeah, we Pun are talking <laughs> BC, like thousands of years ago, farmers would promise mm. their daughters to men in exchange for cattle. Um, so that's how it started. Wait, okay, hold on. No, 
Let me ask you. I just, I got a fact check here. Okay. Pro- may, that you might be right about that. I don't know for <laughs> sure. But was it that or was it that upon marriage, a dowry was given in exchange? And so when a woman is betrothed, there's an exchange of goods as the dowry or the, the bridal gift. You know, that's no? a really great, great question. And I, I think it's both. I think it was both depending on the circumstance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did make sure to do a little yeah. bit of research before I decided to talk about this. Uh-huh, I was like, did uh-huh. this really happen? You got the notes. You got the notes. <laughs> Internet says yes. Yeah. Um, and so that was just okay. like one part of it. But I mean, look, like, again, my parents were together for 35 years. That's amazing, right? At least 25 of those, according to them, was happy. But when they got divorced, like, that shit was messy when it came to specifically the paperwork portion. You know what I mean? Like financial divides and things like that. Like now they're friends. They're cool. We can all hang out together. It's really, really great. They talk a lot. It's a new normal. Um, but it, every situation that I've seen, at least in my life, and I realize that that's subjective, the, the biggest issues were around the, the paperwork part, the financial asset splitting. So I guess I should say like, okay, if for some crazy reason, like I fell in such love with a man and he needed to get married and it was a deal breaker for him and like I... Would it, like I don't want to lose him, so fine, I'll do it, uh, which hopefully does not happen. But if that were to be the case, then I'd be like, all right, well, we're throwing more paperwork on top of that, and we are getting a prenup, and that is non-negotiable. Yeah. Okay, okay. I respect it. I get it. You know, I relate to you. Well, I relate to both of you in different ways. So with Travasha, like when I was growing up, my parents were married for many years, 20 something years, and they were married throughout my life. So we grew up in a two parent household and there was a ton of love there, me, my two brothers and my parents. Um, And then they ended up divorcing my freshman year of college, which um, certainly had a certain effect on me. Like I left they were married and then they dropped me off at school. And then I remember coming back for Christmas break and I was like, wait, hold up. Where does everybody live? Where's Where's my stuff? So like there was some, and I say it jokingly and like everything's fine, but it's certainly, I only realized in hindsight with reflection, how that kind of affects you, you know, in certain ways, you know, to have a home be one way, leave, come back after a few months. And like everything, as you know, it is different. Now I will also say like, my parents and I are so close. They're still friends to this day. My mom's afraid of entrance ramps on the freeway. So my dad takes her to the airport when she's coming to visit me. They come out together and hang with me. So like, I love that they have done a really good job of getting back to a place of love for us and like not co-parenting because we're adults, but it very much feels like a blended family who all still very much respect and love one another. But that's not to say that it wasn't difficult for me um, growing up in my later years, because even though my parents were together, I always kind of felt a little bit of a sense of like, okay, maybe they're staying together for us, for the kids. Like they got along generally, but I didn't grow up necessarily witnessing a ton of like, like overly like physical affection and stuff like that. Um, but like, they were like friends, they hung out. We had a lot of good times together. Um, and then when they divorced, you know, it, it, I started reflecting on what is marriage? How is it supposed to last? It's it was supposed to last forever. That's what they've been telling me growing up. When I say they, I mean you know, um, my friends, my family, my uh, church, all all of the the, the people. And um, suddenly, I was like, damn, things don't always last forever. And here was this real and concrete thing right in front of me 
screaming that at me, not my parents, obviously. They were very kind and loving through that process. Um, but the facts of the situation, and it kind of like shook me up to where I was like, oh my God, there's so much hurt through the undoing of something that was so deeply um binded, um, that that scared me for a little while. And I certainly, even to this day, I get a little bit antsy about like, oh my gosh, like we can say forever, but things don't always last forever. And I think, you know, particularly children who have witnessed the the divorce or separation of parents, um, kind of have to live with that shadow and do a lot of self-work to undo it, which Honestly, I wasn't really tripping that much, but <laughs> I, I would be, I'd be laying it on thick to say that I had to do a ton of self-work about it. Um, but yeah, I did have to kind of revisit what I believed to be true about marriage and what I looked at it as. And if I believed in it still as an institution that I would sign up for um, and commit to forever with someone. And I've gotten to the point where I, I've leaned into that. And I am more of Travash's mind in the sense of, I would like that. And I have hope for that. And the worst thing that happens is that doesn't happen, that my hope does not come true. But as someone who dreams big and hopes loudly and often, this is one of those hopes that I have. And, you know, all you can do is try your best. So that's kind of my perspective on it. Um, but I hear you because a part of me, Leah, is like, like, the legality of it, right? The paperwork, that's what gets ugly when it's suddenly like you have to negotiate, you have to be in a court telling a stranger your business so that that stranger can decide who gets the kids and when. And it's so intrusive and it's just so painful. And it could technically be unnecessary had you not gone into a legally binding agreement. Um, but then I also get how you kind of need legally binding agreements for- You can end up that way anyway. You don't have to have a marriage to go end up in court fighting over your kids. You're right. That is so right. And I saw you, Bosh, I saw you uh, when Leah was first talking about the um, how marriage originated based on her research and kind of that stuff. You were like making a Bosh face. So what, what is your perspective <laughs> on that? And again, this is we're all friends. So it's all like uh, respectfully and from a loving place. But I love that we all have different perspectives and stories and ideas and opinions. And honestly, I'm kind of really excited now because I think this is going to make for a really good group chat because we all have different opinions that sometimes do not align. So what were you disagreeing with, Vash, with your face? <laughs> well, okay. So part of that Vash face was <laughs> Leah's uh, video went out and I could not hear her. And all I could hear was like your commentary to what she was saying. And I'm like, what the hell is she saying over there? <laughs> we're talking about cows. Talking about cows. I'm talking <laughs> like about cows that. a lot. Anyway, <laughs> but there was a part of that that I heard at the beginning. Leah was saying, you know, like, what is marriage beside? It's just like a piece of paper. And um, it's, more, it's more than that. Um, you know, when I got married, did I feel differently the next day? No. You feel like the exact same. You just feel like, like you said, you had a big party and that was great. <laughs> All your friends and family were there. It was awesome. No, you don't feel differently the next day. But there is something that over time, it just, it changes. There's something that changes your relationship. It feels different. It feels more committed. Um, and honestly, like I felt like closer in my relationship with Tyler. And then as years go on, we get through um, humps, we get over humps and over 
you know, issues. We go through things and we, we approach our next, you know, little hill that we've got to get through together. And we're like, oh my gosh, like this is huge. What, like, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. Like, how are we going to get through this? And you work together and you get through it. You, you are just committed. It's, it's not as easy to walk away. You can say you're committed, but then when I think when you're actually like really committed, like legal, like you're legally committed, <laughs> everyone knows you're committed. It, I don't know. It's just, it feels differently. But when we get to those, those problems and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, this is hard. This is a problem that maybe if we were not married, we could easily, um, you know, just split up. And I'm not, I'm not saying that lightly, like real things have come up in our marriage, but you, like I said, are committed and you work through them together and you get over that because of both of you being that committed and you know both of you are that committed because you both agreed to do something that is so permanent. And then once you get past it and you get to the next little, you know, hill that you're going to have to get through and you look back at the last one, you're like, well, I thought that one was really huge, but now this one's the huge one that we have to get over. So let's work together to get to get over this one. And as you do that, um, it, it's just for us, at least, it just seems like our relationship gets even stronger and even more loving. And then when you throw in like Zuri's group chats and we got the, like the sex <laughs> therapist on here. I mean, then it just Y'all really better get gets up. better. Okay? Let Hot Happiness change your lives. All right. <laughs> Every Monday, new episodes. Let's go. <laughs> In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises, or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth. To date, 
Participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating While Broke, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests. But with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I was going to ask you, Vash, about that, about uh, whether, you know, I was going to play devil's advocate and be like, okay, well, do you just think that because you're technically married, it's deeper, it feels deeper. But then you eventually got to the part where you said, no, quite literally, because we are legally tied to one another, we're in it in a way that we might have been tempted to just drop the mic had we not legally invested in one another. And so sometimes the legality and the paperwork is what has kept us there. And then we get on the other side of it and we're stronger for it and deeper in love for it, but can't say for sure that we wouldn't have pieced out had we not been legally tied up in the paperwork. And and I, I can see that. Leah, do you have, what do you think about that? Do you have a response? Yeah, I, I, you know, I hear everything Travasha is saying, and I, I really acknowledge that. And it's actually not the first time I've heard that before um, from somebody that did not get legally married. I have a girlfriend and she told me, she's like, we had the big wedding. We had the commitment ceremony. We just didn't sign the paperwork. And sure enough, after a couple of years, they just split. And she said, it's, I, she thinks that if they had actually done the paperwork portion and got the marriage license, maybe they would have stuck it out. So it's a really interesting perspective. I think that she's absolutely 100% right. I will say like, I want all those things that she just said. I want a relationship that grows and it's got its up and downs and you get through those downs together and they make you stronger and, and more secure in your partnership. Um, it still doesn't change my mind about the marriage license portion, even though I think that she's right on the money, which what she is talking about. Um, but yeah, those, those are my thoughts on that. I'm still, I'm still, Standing firm in my team, no marriage. But I do want the wedding in the, you know. As you should. I would like that one day. <laughs> but I want the party fun. though. But I want still the party. still want the party. Let me get an invite. Let me get a you know I throw a good party. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. And I cannot wait to attend. Um, uh, before I let you guys go, just out of curiosity, this one's a little bit on a lighter note and a bit of a pivot. But I'm just curious to know what each of you believes about lifetime partnerships. Like, do you believe in soulmates? Do you believe in twin flames? Do you believe that there is one person for you? or that any that a few different people could end up being the one. Do you believe in horoscopes? Okay. I 100% believe in horoscopes for sure. In <laughs> fact, to elaborate, I don't know, have do you two have the pattern app? I did have it. It's super deep divey. That app like sees into, I don't know if I believe in like soulmates and one person for everybody. Like I think that there are people that are better suited for others and Maybe there are some matches in the stars, but I don't think it's necessarily just one. But the pattern app, ladies, I mean, this thing just like tears into your soul. It, it, it knows everything about you. It's really beautiful. And I actually, um, I've been dating someone for a couple of months who he's actually oh, the one great. who- that's great. I need the big update. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, offline, I'll tell you a little bit more. Um, and he's right, really offline, great. And he, <laughs> he's the one that told me about the pattern. And he was like, download it. And he added me. And obviously within five minutes, I like did the whole like, are we compatible thing? And it really said we are. I mean, it really said amazing things about us. Like we were talking about it later. We were like, we're reading it, looking for 
something that's bad. And even like the trials and tribulations portion of it was so like great. It was like, it's, it's literally said the same thing about both of us where sometimes career will come before relationships and you just have to give that other person space. And we're like, Oh yeah, duh. And that's just like a small example, but I do absolutely believe in horoscopes and astrology when it comes to love and partnerships, not only in romantic relationships, but friendships as well. Um, I just don't necessarily Mm. know about actual soulmates. I'm open to it. Yeah. Wait, wait, what's your sign, Leah, again? Are you Sagittarius? I am a Libra. Leah, Libra. Libra. Oh, I see that. Yeah. October 20th, just in case anybody wants to buy a birthday present. I'm a Gemini. (laughs) (laughs) I know you are. So I'm a Taurus, um, and I might contradict myself here a little bit because I don't, like, I'm not sure that you know, there's only like one person for somebody. Um, I feel like there's many different people that you may be compatible with and could like have a great life with and have a long, happy, healthy marriage with or just relationship in general. Um, So I feel like soulmates are something that's kind of like, made up in the movies and this is what it's supposed to be like, but at the same time, um, and here's where I'm contradicting myself at the same time, I feel like God does have a plan for us. Um, the universe has a plan, whatever you want to call it, there is a plan for us. And, um, I do feel like having that person (laughs) that does work with you, that you can build a happy, healthy life with is a part of that plan. Um, so yeah. I guess call it what you want. I guess I'm just an, uh, like a walking oxymoron, but no. that's my thoughts on soulmates. And then when it comes to like horoscopes and stuff, see, I'm weird in all of the like super religious, um, I say religious because it's the ones that like you have to do this this way, blah, blah, blah. Like they're going to hate me for saying this, but I feel like um, – there's some correlations with, you know, when people are born and all that stuff, just because there's, it's so much of, it's too much of a coincidence for most of the people who are like this sign or born whenever to have like these same kinds of characteristics. It's just like too coincidental. And for me, I know that, you know, in the Bible, it says like the universe um, God was create God created the universe and everything in it for people. So when we like look at the stars and that kind of stuff, um, while while I'm not like worshiping the stars or living my life like based on what the stars are doing, um, I do feel like there's some correlations uh, within them, and I think mm-hmm. that we it is okay to like use them um, within reason to to maybe interact with other people or to help you better uh, help better understand other people um, so that you can, you know, help them or whatever. So that's my thoughts. I wouldn't like base my love life Mm -hmm. on horoscopes or any other random, whatever telling me that this is like what you should be doing because based on this wind and da, 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 da. And I'm not, I'm not like, talking bad about anyone that does that. I'm just saying for me personally, that's what I believe. Yeah. 
No, I agree. I understand that. And actually, I think it's a really good point that you bring up as far as this synergy, right? Like I think traditionally a lot of people have been conditioned to or raised to believe like it has to be one or the other, this or that. Like I don't think anything about what you said makes it an oxymoron or makes your perspective paradoxical. Um, if anything, I it was really kind of enlightening, kind of an affirmation, like you saying, like I don't you don't have to choose between your Christian faith and and you believing that God made this universe, this beautiful universe for us, um, like that doesn't negate astrology, right? Or it doesn't have to negate astrology or believing that the stars, the constellations, the way the universe works is also um, in a way that can serve us and help us in our relationships every day. So it's actually a really interesting perspective and um, POV that you bring that it's like something for me to think about too. And to, to both of your points also, so to both of your points, like Maybe it's the Libra in me. I hate making decisions. Um, so, but I don't, I don't, one of the reasons I hate making decisions is because I often want to do more than one thing. Um, it's been that way my whole life. So instead of choosing between one or the other, I go both. And I think that that, that whole mindset can really apply to what the both of you just said. And I think that's really important, um, for us to consider. No need to choose. Yes. No, exactly. That's exactly it. And with that, I will say I definitely read my horoscope and I am a Gemini (laughs) top to bottom, like 100%. Everything's true. Everything you read about two Geminis in a relationship is true. (laughs) Sean is upstairs and I'm just like, oh my God, there are four of us in this house. Uh, But it's a lot of fun. We've finally gotten into the rhythm of what four four sides in one relationship looks like in a good way that is like calm and sustainable because we are both just like, like all over the place and running around. It is literally two sets of twin kids in a way that is really fun (laughs) that we enjoy. Um, But I I definitely, it's uncanny sometimes just how spot on the horoscopes can be. But then sometimes you get the like, you're going to walk outside and that sun is going to shine and someone's going to get you upset today. But don't worry because just keep persevering and remember tomorrow's better. And someone will be like, oh my God. God, that is exactly what happened to me yesterday. <laughs> and they were just like, wait, what? What did I even just read? Um, but I've also had some horoscopes, y'all, where I'm like, they just said some stuff. They like laid it out. It was specific and it was it like happened or had already happened. And it was kind of wild. Um, but that is the ultimate tangent um, to kind of like circle back around. For me, I agree with you guys. I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that there is this one person out here and our, we're just living our life until we finally stumble into them. And the universe is going to find a way to drop that one human on planet earth in front of us. I think, you know, multiple people have the opportunity to be the one. I think we're incompatible long-term with more people than we're compatible with. But I think when you find someone who, um, you know, provides synergy to your life and they've done enough work and are self-aware enough to show up in a mature and healthy and happy way, I think... In that sense, a lot of people could become the one. And then once they are the one, they're the one, right? Like in that sense, it's like I can look at you, look you, look you in your eyes and be like, you are the one. But that's because I'm actively making that choice, which to me, 
is more empowering because it's not like, oh, I just stumbled into this and like finally found you. Like, thanks universe for dropping them off. It's like, no, I've been around. I've lived my life. I've, I've broken up. I've made up. I've broken up. I've grown and evolved. And I am actively choosing you as my one, as my person, which I think is romantic in a different sense of the word. You Absolutely. Know, choosing someone. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Leah, if people want to keep up with you, first of all, let them know what's going on with you in your world, what you're doing, and then also where they can follow you. Yeah. Uh, what's going on with me in my world? Well, I got a lot going on right now. I mean, really great things career-wise. I'm about to launch a production company in the next couple of months, which I'm really excited about. Um, and a few other amazing things. Uh, so you can follow me on Instagram at a double underscore Leah Elizabeth double underscore. And I don't really tweet. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Thank you. And you can find me on Instagram and uh, TikTok at life of a sassy stew and also life of a sassy stew.com. And let's see nothing much really happening in my world these days. Besides just tornadoes. Tornadoes. Well, and tornadoes. We just had a crazy <laughs> tornado and it just kind of swept our little town. So just trying to figure all of that out. So, yeah. I'm also going back to work soon. Um, and I've oh. been out since January 2020. So I'm a little nervous about that, leaving my little baby. For those who don't know, I am a flight attendant. And so I've been out of work since January 2020 because um, I went out before the pandemic started because I had a beautiful baby girl and now I'm actually having to go back soon next month. So uh, I just want to say thanks for having me, Z. It's always great to be on here and I love chatting with y'all. Yay. Thank you, Vash and Leah. Thank you so much for joining too. It's always a pleasure. Love y'all. Thank you again to Travasha and Leah for sharing their journeys, their perspectives, uh, their history. Don't forget to follow them on Instagram. And in the meantime, let's pivot, shall we? Should we get a little expert opinion? Should we have Beverly Andre weigh in on how we navigate this whole rang thing? I think so. Next up, Beverly Andre. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is gonna make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. 
Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Beverly Andre, also known as your favorite marriage and family therapist, is a licensed marriage and family therapist and CEO slash founder of Be Heart Counseling Services. As a relationship and emotional intimacy expert, Beverly partners with millennial couples who struggle with communication and prioritizing their relationships. Here's Beverly. Well, Beverly, this episode of Hot Happy Mess is all about engagement, all about, you know, the ring. Some might say chasing the ring. I don't love that phrase. Uh, kind of just what it implies, in my humble opinion. It feels, um, oh God, I don't want to say desperate. It just doesn't sound like what I think of when I think about, you know, being with someone for the rest of my life. But um, when it comes to engagement, when it comes to two people deciding to spend the rest of their lives together as, um, you know, a licensed marriage and family therapist, what do you see most often, uh, is the, the deciding factor? Do you feel that most people are stepping into this commitment, you know, as two people who are healthy and whole and just want to go to the next level? Or do you also see a lot of people who, um, reach a certain age and, and realize, or maybe think, you know what? It's time for me to do this. If I'm ever going to do it, now's the time. I think it's actually both in my work with couples. I've seen folks who are like, by the time that I'm 30, I want to have a partner. I want to have children by the time I'm 35. So it's very methodical in terms of this is how they perceive that their life should look like. And, you know, it's that that's not really problematic if you have somebody else who agrees with you in the same manner, but typically that doesn't happen. Um, so you have people who are like, well, I'm in love with you and I want us to be a family. I want us to, you know, enjoy life experiences under the title of marriage. And so when you have those two frameworks, they typically contradict each other. And then, so now you have to kind of figure out already, how do both of you get your needs met? Um, based off of your individual values. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to values, that's the thing we talk about a lot here mm-hmm. on the podcast, um, defining our core values, realizing that what works for me might not work for you. What I prioritize, mm-hmm. you might not prioritize and vice versa. Um, what are some of those values in the context of engagement and long-term partnership just to get people's, um, you know, thoughts running and kind of get their minds jogging about, hmm, I kind of want to sit down with myself and figure out what my values might be for a long-term partnership. So funny enough, it's more centered 
well, what I've come across and I can only speak for myself and the couples that I work with is more centered around the business of marriage, right? So when it comes to, okay, who can I build with, right? Who can um, I achieve this dream life that I am envisioning? When it comes to creating a family, does this person, can I see this person as a co-parent? Can I see this person as a good um, parental figure for um, the next generation, essentially? So it's less of a emotional um, decision that, that, that drives through. I think people recognize at a base level that, you know, love for different people ebbs and flow. Like you may love your partner, but that doesn't mean you will always like them. So you have to think about about what, (laughs) listen, (laughs) so you have to think about what is it that's going to keep you there in the long haul, right? What's the quality of our friendship? Do we have um, enough mutual interests that we can actually bond over things and still have our differences that keeps you interested? Um, and also all the other things that I mentioned before. I love that you bring that up, um, keeping in mind not just the emotional aspect of this, but the, the fundamentals, the basics, the, the technicalities of it, of entering a partnership and really right. taking um, seriously the part of it that is partnership. Is it safe to say that love is not enough of a reason to get married? Love is not enough of a reason to get married because if that was the case... Um, a lot of people wouldn't be getting divorced. There's a lot of people who have not gotten married with um, someone that they were in love with at some point in time in their lives because there were other aspects that were factoring into, does this person fit as a longtime partner for me, right? Um, it's, it's so much bigger. And I think that while it is romantic, that's what folks like to say, like, oh, I'm so in love. I can't live without you. You can't live without that person. <laughs> actually. <laughs> actually, you can live without that person um, because love is not enough when troubles come, right? When financial situations happen, when you deal with sickness, when you deal with all the not so great things that comes with being in a long-term relationship with someone, right? And so um, some of the couples that that I have worked with, I remember one guy was like, if it was up to my feelings, I would have left. Oh, right. Well, straight up. Because sometimes that's it. He said, if it was up to my feelings, I would have left because I don't know the last time I felt in love with my wife. And I remember asking him, what kept you? And he said, she's my best friend. Like, I don't think there's anyone out here in the world right now who knows me the way that she knows me. We have children together. We have built a business together. Those things are anchoring me to be motivated to try a little bit harder. Right now, my feelings are not in alignment with all the other things. It's not an anchor right now. Wow. Wow. Honestly, I hear that and I get chills because that to me sounds like real commit. That sounds like the marriage of it all, right? That sounds like the lifetime partnership of it all. It's really easy to stick around when we're feeling good and the butterflies are just flapping their wings and doing circles and backflips. Yeah, it's just in the wind, (laughs) easy breezy. But when you look up and say, I don't feel any of that right now and I'm still choosing you, who? Or I'm trying to choose you. Mm. I'm trying to choose. I'm trying to choose us. Yeah. Because at some point in time, obviously, I agreed to enter this relationship with you. I agreed to. Um, I made a decision to get married with you. So there's something at the foundation that is there of 
there's something that I saw in you way back when, right? And for whatever reason, however life has played out, because people oftentimes forget that who you married, however long ago, is not who you're currently with, right? Because we change every day. We change every day. We have different experiences that mold us as people. And so you have to be willing to continuously study your partner, right? And sometimes it does get a little bit harder to study your partner. Sometimes we do procrastinate when it comes to taking initiative to understanding who we are with because we're distracted by all the things that are happening in life. And so when that becomes a pattern and that becomes repetitious and you don't remember the last time you slowed yourself down and tapped into you or you tapped into your partner, it makes sense why those feelings are not in alignment because it's not being prioritized. So you're not nurturing it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm glad that you bring that up, the idea of nurturing and, and checking in with your partner and being really actively engaged in the relationship. Um, what is some of the prep work that you recommend to you know some of your the, the couples that you may counsel or people you've worked with when it comes to preparing for a lifetime partnership or a marriage, whether they're about to enter engagement or are currently engaged? What can we be doing to work on ourselves and support our partners working on themselves to make sure that when we step down that aisle, when we say I do, we really feel it in our bones that we know what that means. Right. That's an awesome question. Um, Because I think a lot of folks will think about, well, as long as we do premarital counseling, then we're good. Right. But it's more than just premarital counseling. And I offer that as a service. And I tell my couples that premarital counseling is not not that it's not, but you shouldn't look at it as, okay, this is the thing that we have to check off. Like this is a seal the deal. We're right. definitely meant to be if we do well. Exactly. If in we premarital pass, counseling, if we <laughs> pass, we got an A. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's not about, you're not being assessed about premarital counseling. What you get in that, in those sessions, you get some strategies that you maybe have not been introduced to before, Right. And so I always tell my couples that with the premarital counseling services with me, you actually get one free check-in within the first year, right? A lot of people don't realize that in the first year, there's so many changes. If a couple has lived together or hasn't, it doesn't matter. Once you become married, the dynamics change. So you could have been living with that person for years and years and years, and you start noticing, okay, some of our expectations that come with these titles are now changing the dynamics in our home, right? And I, and, I, and I tell them, like, I want you to understand that this is a lifetime of check-ins, right? That the same way you take care of a car and you have the maintenance, it's going to run really well if you're, you know, getting that tune-up every 3,000 miles, right? Wow, if you're yeah. being intentional about the mechanics and how well your car is working. But if you're driving and you're getting so distracted by, you know, everything that you're seeing on the outside, you're looking at, you know, the trees, you're looking at everything else and you're ignoring that you have that check engine light or you're ignoring that little sound in Yo, your car that me. you know. I'm the one <laughs> Listen. I am literally like, cool. So my engine died like 10,000 years ago, <laughs> but we just going to get to this next right. destination. Right. Right. You looking it. at everything else mm-hmm. outside of the vehicle that you are in. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to, you know, you get used to seeing at the peripheral. Yeah, that check engine light, but I'll deal with it later. Right. I'll deal with it later. Right. And so when you you lose that intention and you forget that 
I don't have to go to, we don't have to go to couples therapy because there's a huge problem, but it's okay for us to have that maintenance for us to be able to check in with, with each other and ourselves individually. And a lot of the times when we start being intentional, when we stop being intentional about ourselves, right? Primary as an individual. And then now we're having all these feelings that come with not prioritizing self. And then you start projecting that on your partner, right? And now that's affecting your relationship because you're feeling resentment at the fact that you haven't had time to just be, that you haven't had time to pour into your own cup. And now you're upset because when you made the choice to be with that person, you also made the choice to be responsible for the quality of that relationship. And you can't slack off with that person, but then you end up doing it, right? At the expense of you. And so there's this weird tension that that starts to build in the relationship that could be mitigated if you were intentional about pouring into self, which makes it so much, um, not so much easier, but you have more capacity to pour into your partner, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So um, you you talk about the check-ins. You talk about being intentional with your partner heading into this. Um, some people may consider premarital counseling. Some may not. I like that that idea, that um, that challenge to really understand, like, this isn't just check those boxes. Okay, you're all cleared. You get a, you can get married now, pass. This is an opportunity for you to really understand who you're marrying and how you need to show up for them and vice versa. Um, for those who maybe used to do the counseling, but maybe you don't, if we want to navigate conversations with our partner individually, um, what, what does creating that space look like in the relationship for maybe let's say, okay, let's say even we can talk about, I'll make it personal with me and my boyfriend, right? We've been together for about two years now. Uh, we talk about marriage. We talk about engagement. That's a direction that we're intentionally headed. Um, outside of therapy, what sort of weekly check-ins, what sort of conversation starters should we be having right now as we try on this um this hoodie of, you know, engagement or life, (laughs) like as we see if it fits and see what it feels like. I absolutely love the fact that you use that metaphor. That was everything. (laughs) Um, When people say create the space, right? Like, you know, hold space for your partner. And it's like, well, how do you do that? Right. How do you hold space for your partner? Right. And so I think about, I, I, I think about what are the barriers to communication in the relationship? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if you know that you want to talk about marriage, right. And you are unsure how your partner is going to receive it. I want people to think about, okay, what is giving you pause? Do you feel like your partner is not going to receive it? Do you feel like they're going to judge you? Do you feel like they're going to shut you down? Think about what it is that, 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 that gives you pause and then share that with your partner and say, Hey, I really want to talk to you about this topic, but I have reservations, Right. I have reservations about how you're going to act, how you're going to think, how you're going to respond to me. And I don't want that to be the pattern in our relationship. That if I feel like there's something I want to talk to you about, that I can't do that because I'm concerned about when I tell you your body language might be very off-putting to me. And now I'm second guessing whether or not I should even bring this up with you. So now that person is responsible for, okay, how can I be more aware of my body language to ensure that my partner feels safe enough to come speak to me about things that are on their mind, right? We think about how do we communicate and we're going to do conflict resolution, right? Do I turn away from my partner when we're talking and that messages to them that I don't care about what they're saying? Am I looking at my partner 
right? Um, when my partner tells me something and I don't understand it, am I asking clarifying questions to understand or am I just listening to disrebut? Wow. Right. Ooh, you hit a right? chord there because that's what I'm like, right? one, listen. Just because listen, listen. we have to think about intention. Yeah. What is it that you want? What is it that you're seeking from your partner? Are you seeking to understand or are you seeking to be right? Right. And if you're seeking to be right, that means there's a level of respect that you don't have for your partner's emotions. It is not up to you to say that your partner's emotions are right or wrong. It's up to you to understand them, to understand what is it connected to. Because a lot of times when we do communicate with people, we have our own past experiences that inform the way that we do communicate, right? So if we're going to try to create space for our partner, we have to think about what are those barriers to creating that space? What does my partner need in order to be vulnerable with me, right? How can I nurture their vulnerability? How can I protect them in this space so that they know that I'm not here to attack them, but I'm here to support them. Mm-hmm. I love that you bring that up and the way that you lay that out so clearly, because that's a technique that, you know, my boyfriend, Sean, and I have learned is I think our, our, um, they call it the spotlight technique of, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to listen to how you're feeling. And I'm not going to go with my gut of wait, but that's not true. Or, well, I didn't really do it like that and kind of let go of the defense and be like, I'm going to ask you how you're feeling. I'm going to dig deeper. I'm going to ask follow-up questions. I'm not listening to respond because I don't know what you've said yet. So unless I have some preconceived idea about what I need to get across, I can't have any, um, I can't know how this conversation is going to go because you haven't fully expressed how, how you felt right. yet. And right. in the past, you know, we've certainly uh, fallen into that bad habit. I know friends have certainly fallen into it too of before we even sit down and talk, I know how this conversation is going to go in my mind because I know what I need to say. And I need to get it out. And it doesn't matter what you say back to me because this is what needs to be said because I decided so, right? And it just right. ends in chaos. It never ends well. But right. when you show up in a loving, kind way and say, I want to understand you. Tell me more. I'm sorry you felt that way. Why? It is wild the differences we have noticed in, in each other. And then it sort of softens our own hearts and it makes the person want to do the thing that you were going to try to beat them over the head to do. But now they want to do it willingly. They want to show up for you because you're coming to them from a place of love. Right. It's like, there's so many layers to communication and how we show up for people. And that when it comes to communicating with your partner and you have so much that's happening internally, right? Um, some people they have not, they have had past experiences where conflict or navigating disagreements, they're gearing up for an attack because that's their past experiences. They have never learned how to resolve a problem in a loving way, how to be okay with the fact that you and your partner are different people. Therefore you will have differences, right? And that if I am coming to you to navigate this issue that I have, it's because I'm invested it's because I want us to get um, get over this hump and get on the other side of things, right? But half the time, people aren't even aware why they're responding the way that they're responding, right? So if they are able to say, you know what, like in my previous relationships, anytime I would bring something up, my partner would just shut me down. They would talk really, really loud, right? So if you 
talk loud to me, I'm shutting down. I'm not communicating with you. And I need you to be aware of your volume. I need you to be aware of your body language because my past experiences, that signals to me that mm, this is going to go left. So I'm going to disengage to save myself so that it doesn't escalate, right? So when we start understanding why our behaviors or how our behaviors are connected to our emotional responses, then we're able to show up a little bit better. We're able to show up in a healthier way so that we can go ahead and navigate this, right? And if you feel the urge to defend yourself as I'm talking to you, you probably have experiences where you've had to defend yourself, where somebody probably lied on you or, you know, different things like that. So now you don't even know how to be patient with hearing me because you're so apt to just, oh, I had to defend, I had to protect myself. I had to make sure she understands or he understands that I was, trying. you know, it's just so much. But when you really just say, okay, I'm going to work on my breathing, right? Because a lot of times people hold their breath during disagreements. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I have some airflow going in right right to make sure that my heart is actually you know the heart rate is slowed down and that i'm recognizing "Mm, i do feel the need to say something right now but i want to listen because i want to understand him or her right and then once they're done talking hey babe so i just want to make sure i heard you correctly did you say x y and z and the partner's like yeah that's what i said okay cool i just want to make sure i understood or if they didn't understand, well, babe, no, like this is what I was really trying to say, right? Till you get to the point where y'all both understand. And then now you move on and share what you have to say, right? Because if we're moving forward in clarity, then we won't have to fall back on assumption and confusion because that's going to derail the relationship. Right. So, um, you know, ma- the, co- the communication, hypothetically, you're in a good place. You're feeling like I want to commit to this person. We're doing this. What's maybe one or two... Uh, signs that you and your partner might be ready for this next step? How do you know it's going well? And then maybe what's a sign or two that you might gently encourage this couple to reevaluate whether or not they should be together and take that plunge into your plunge down the altar, I should say. Okay. So an indicator that y'all ready, that folks are ready to take that next step, that there's more we thinking versus I thinking right? If I'm including you more in like my day-to-day decisions or I'm considering your thoughts or I'm considering, okay, how does this affect us? You're already having that fusion mentality versus the I, the I, the I, I don't know about you, but I'm doing this. You get what I'm saying? That doesn't lend towards um, a union, if that makes sense. Um, Another sign I think is when people are able to, you know, envision a future, like, hey, like you have conversations like, you know, like when we have kids, right? Not, yeah, I wonder how my kids are going to be. Your, Your kids? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or like, so those are like indicators. Like, I think just the collectivism of it all. Um, signs that folks should not take the next step. Save, save some folks now, please. Give them the warning. <laughs> we need to step away. Signs that you should Uh-oh. not be with that person oh, is when there's any conversation about future and you check out, Ooh. you are out. You're not, you're like, oh, okay. Um, you want to yep. talk about, no, <laughs> that, that, that. I'm good. Right. Um, there's been no indicator. Let's say it's, it's the entanglement. <laughs> mm. There's been no indicator about seeing what the nature of the relationship is. Right. What's fueling the relationship is confusion. You don't know if you're going up, down, forward, backwards. Y'all just kicking it, right? 
And here's the thing. Some folks are like, well, that's fine too. Like, I don't want to get anything serious. But even that is a title, right? Saying this is an entanglement. We're just kicking it yeah. is you're labeling what it is. That way. Right. Yeah. But if you're not even trying to do that, you just frolicking in confusion. <laughs> frolicking in confusion. Frolicking I feel like that confusion. needs to be a pleasure. <laughs> Hello, I'm Zuri. I'm frolicking in confusion. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Those are really good signs uh, on both sides of the fence. Um, in conclusion, for, for this portion of the conversation, um, what if you are the person who is thinking about wedding, engagement, et cetera, and your partner may or may not be open to it? You don't know. You feel like they would be. How do you kind of, how do you suggest someone drop the hint or, you know, male, female, doesn't matter, and be like, I want to gauge your interest in engagement. Like, how do you bring up that conversation in a way that's chill? <laughs> How you just brought it up. Yeah. That was really smooth, actually. Oh, okay. Like, for real, like, I, you know, I mean, you can pick the setting. You can set the scene. You can, you know, throw the TV on TLC, watch it Yes to the Jazz. <laughs> yes, right. I mean, whatever way you feel like you need to make it more comfortable for you, nothing is going to replace the need for directness. Like, you know what? I am just really interested in knowing, like, when it comes to us, in, you know, a future or, you know, going to the next level in terms of commitment? Like, what do, like, what do you see? And if you don't see anything right now, I mean, that's fine or whatever, but I'm really interested in knowing, like, where your mind is at. Because I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want to pressure nobody into doing nothing. I'm like, you can't pressure anyone into doing anything that they ultimately didn't choose to do, Mm. right? You're responsible for sharing your thoughts, how you feel and what you want. And that person is responsible for how they respond to you and how they show up. Because if you try to think about what I should say and when I should say it based off of somebody's assumed response, you're going to get nowhere. Yeah. Right. And we have to remember that everybody has the power to do what they want to do in the relationship. You have the power to show up or to not show up. If you want to, you know, increase the commitment, you I mean, you can only bring you into it. That person can either step up or step back or just stay still. Mm, like There we go. I love that. That's such great advice. Beverly, thank you so much for such amazing conversation and your wisdom and sharing your expertise with our audience. Um, just really quickly share with everybody specifically where they can find you, uh, where they can reach out if they're interested in learning more, maybe booking a session with you. Okay, so on all social platforms, I am under Beverly Andre underscore. That's Beverly with the L E Y. My mom was she was fancy. <laughs> Want to add extra E? So Beverly Andre underscore on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, if anyone's interested in um, therapy services, I do specialize in working with Black and Brown couples and women. And you can find me at beheartcounseling.com. Beheart B E with the heart counseling.com. There we go. Beverly, thank you so much. Thank you, Zuri. Oh, so much good stuff. A lot of gems, and I certainly took notes. I'll be applying that on my own journey. Stay tuned, guys. Thank you, Beverly, for the amazing conversation. Thank you, Travasha and Leah, for another dope group chat. You guys, don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, you should definitely leave a five-star review. They help move the needle. You know, we're trying to get these numbers up. 
And you guys have been so overwhelmingly positive with the conversations. I'm so thankful that you're enjoying the Love and Relationship series. We've got the Career and Finance series kicking off pretty soon here. Um, so if you have any Ask Zuri questions for the Ask Zuri segment, feel free to shoot us a line. Hello at hothappymess.com. And I will see you on Monday. Bye, y'all. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. Don't miss one minute of the action. Tune into the NBA playoffs on ESPN and ABC. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO, which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. 